Well, hello. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Todd Coconado podcast, otherwise known as The Remnant. My name is Pastor Todd Coconado. It's 10-5-2021. Never a lack of things to talk about. Let me tell you guys, I'm so glad that you've tuned in. Facebook decided to uh, suspend me for seven days. Um, I'm appealing it, so maybe it won't last seven days. Maybe it'll just last today. I don't know. But here's the craziest thing. Guess what they suspended me for for the seven days? You want to guess? Well, (laughs) I reposted the Los Angeles County's website, literally the link, literally the link to the LA County website, which talks about fetal aborted cells being used in the vaccines. It wasn't a conspiracy. It wasn't something that I made up. No, this was from the Los Angeles County's own website. But apparently in this crazy Orwellian world that we're living in now, you can't even share from their own website because you're still uh, somehow (laughs) fact-checked. It's just getting to be ridiculous. I'm so thankful for those that followed me onto these other sites because we can still get the information out. Maybe God is preparing us. You ever think that, you know, maybe there's going to be a big purge on Facebook again soon and, and God's just preparing us that so we can stay in contact. I really think it's important we stay in contact. I'm really thankful for, for your positive emails. I sent out a newsletter yesterday. And many of you responded and thanked me for sending it out. And it just, you know what? I wanted to show you that we can still connect even if Facebook is down. And that's the key. We're building this remnant underground railroad. That's really the vision as this vision is coming into more more plain sight here where we're able to see kind of what the Lord is doing and connecting this group. This is nameless, faceless. It isn't about a name. It's not about a ministry. It's about the Lord connecting his righteous remnant in this late hour as we get prepared for things that are to come. And I had a great conversation with a young lady yesterday uh, who wanted me to share, you know, just some things. And so I, I thought for a couple minutes I'd share. But she she talked about the uh, the post that I put up a couple days ago about the rapture. And basically what I said in the post, uh, to my recollection, was that, uh, you know, why fight about pre-trib or post-trib? Let's just be ready uh, because the Lord is coming back soon, you know. But I guess that in, in her mind it, it was uh, reminiscent of some pastors, I guess, that she's known in her life that have said uh, the Lord is coming back, you know, like any day, like it's imminent. And, you know, she was a pastor's kid. And so she said that, you know, uh, people don't trust the church because people made predictions. So I just want to make sure that you guys understand from my standpoint, I have no clue when Jesus is coming back. I can look at the prophetic timeline. I can look at, you know, what the Bible says in Daniel and Revelation. The Bible says, be ready, look up. Uh, No one knows the day or the hour. He comes like a thief in the night. So my job, I believe, as a pastor, and you can tell me if you disagree with this, is just to have the saints be ready because I think we should have our house in order. And, you know, I read like the church of Laodicea where the Lord said that he will spit them out because there's compromise. We don't want to be spit out. We don't want to have leaven. The Bible says a little leaven leavens the whole lump. So my philosophy on this is that I think that you know the, the scripture is pretty clear. It says, be ye holy for I am holy. Does that mean we're perfect? No. Does that mean we're without sin? No, we can't be. But it means we do our very best to live in a righteous manner and we don't engage in perpetual sin. That's very important. Uh, not to engage in perpetual sin. And that's, you know, a lot of these people that, you know, they go to church on Sunday, but then they watch, you know, pornography every single night. That's perpetual sin. Um, You know, somebody that's living with their girlfriend and sleeping with them on a regular basis, that's perpetual sin. The Bible says do not fornicate. 
Um, so, you know, I'm just the messenger. Look, I didn't write the Bible. If I wrote it, I probably would have, you know, written a little bit differently. I'll just be honest with you. Uh, but the Lord wrote it. And and so I need to, I'm the messenger. And you and I believe that the Bible is is the truth. It's it's the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus, Jesus Christ is the word. He's living. The Bible says in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. And the word became flesh. And that's Jesus. He is the word. He's living. I believe that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so, therefore, we gotta we gotta hold fast to the commandments. We've got to uh, basically, uh, you know, if the scripture says it's it's fornication to sleep with your girlfriend if you're not married or your boyfriend, then it's hey, that's fornication. If the scripture says that sleeping with somebody outside of your marriage is adultery, that's adultery. Uh, you know, if 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 I mean, it's just simple. The Bible says, "Do not sodomize." You know, and and don't sleep. Man shall not lay with man. Well, then that's a sin. We shouldn't do it, right? And so that's all I do is I, I'm the messenger. And people love to get mad at me and you probably for, you know, holding fast to the things of the word of God, but this is the word. And the word is the same and we don't need to change it. In fact, don't change one jot or one tittle. So this is, the word is empowering too because it's the sword. It's the sword of the spirit. And that's why the enemy and the spirit of Antichrist that's rising in our world right now is looking to censor, to silence. It's coming after Christianity. Christianity is the number one target. Anybody that follows Jesus, that follows Yeshua, we're the target. Uh, You know, if you're a little more outspoken like me, you're probably going to be targeted first. But the bottom line is they're coming for us all. And we have to understand that. And I think that's where the disconnect is. There's, There's some people that believe wholeheartedly, I think they, they, they're, uh, you know, they're sincerely wrong, but they're, they're sincerely believe this, that if they just stick to the word of God and they don't talk about anything that they would deem controversial, that society would deem controversial, uh, if they just stick to the Bible, that they're going to be left alone. And for the most part, they have been, especially in the United States, uh, they have been for the most part, um, you know, for many, many years. And so I think there's that, you know, it's like a normalcy bias. Like, oh, that's not going to happen here. You know, we have the Constitution. This is America. Well, a lot of things uh, have been happening in America that we thought would never happen in America. So obviously, we're in unprecedented times. Obviously, the hour is getting later. So the thing is, if you think that you can just be quiet and not talk about anything quote unquote controversial, and stick to the Bible, and they're going to leave you alone, I guarantee you, you're going to get a knock on your door one of these days, and you're going to be very shocked every day, because I'm the president of the Religious Liberty Coalition, every single day I get people that call me, and they say, well, I'm shocked, I've never been censored, I've never been targeted, and all of a sudden, I'm now being targeted, Pastor Coconado, what's going on? Well, I'll tell you what's going on, this has been going on for a long time, it's just, you know, welcome to the to the fight, you know, and, uh, and, and you know, I'm, I'm glad that they haven't picked on you uh, up until now, but I'm telling you, they're coming for us all. They're coming for biblical Christianity. That's what we have to understand. We have to understand. That's why I always say the battle is a battle of light versus darkness. We have to understand the battle that we're in because if we don't comprehend that, then that's like step one is understanding. It's not a political battle. It's not about Republican versus Democrat. It's not about Trump versus Biden or whoever you think it's about. Those are all things in the natural. Yes, I mean, obviously there is you know, a, a, an argument going on there and there are two opposing sides in the natural. But this whole thing is about, is a, is a spiritual battle for the very heart and soul, not only of this nation, but of our world because America has been the, the superpower. If you think about this, since the Soviet Union fell, 
America has been the the lone superpower, and we had an opportunity to really be a great example as a nation. Uh, you know, if we would have held to our our founders and the Constitution and, and the vision for this country and the uh, the declarations that were made over this country and the covenant that America made, we'd be in pretty good shape. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, what a great season it would have been as the as the sole superpower of the world to uh, you know promote the gospel and freedom and 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 you know a republic and democracy and you know the constitution and and that would have been an amazing thing if that's what America had been up to these last 20 years. But unfortunately, uh, there's been corruption. There's been people like the Clintons that sold us out, sold our secrets. You know, if you talk about that, they say you're a conspiracy theory. No, they did that. They sold our secrets. They had their little private servers that, you know, the enemy was literally going onto their own drop boxes and, and getting stealth information and getting, you know, the, the Clintons made so much money on all their corruption. They're the most corrupt people until the Obamas. And then this Manchurian candidate, uh, Barack Hussein Obama, a Muslim, by the way, who I don't even think was an American citizen. Uh, you know, and oh my gosh, Pastor Coconado, you buy into every conspiracy theory. No, actually, I've heard the arguments. I've looked at the evidence. And I really believe this guy is a globalist shill. He is a, a man that they installed. And uh, because he was African-American or at least half African-American or whatever, you know, people felt bad. They they wanted, everybody wanted. I mean, I was I was all for an African-American president. That'd be great. But why couldn't it be, it be like a Ben Carson or, you know, somebody who actually gets it? Instead, it's it's got to you know it's got to be this horrible man that literally hates our country, that literally is a globalist that works for the the shadow government elites, you know the Davos Group and the World Economic Forum and the UN Agenda 2030 and all these awful things and these awful plans, and then they you know I'm just I'm tired of people trying to say this is crazy, this is conspiracy. No, listen, I'm a pretty educated person actually. I've been studying very very hard for many years, and I know. Uh, you got to be careful about putting fake information out. Trust me, because that's a credibility issue. Now, do we get it right 100% of the time? No, no one does. I mean, if you think CNN or MSDNC or Fox News or any of those guys get it right 100% of the time, you haven't really looked too much because they have to do a lot of retractions and a lot of the things that they put out end up being false. So everybody that reports the news to some extent gets it wrong sometimes. But what I'm saying is we have a way better credibility standing than those guys and we, we have a heart. I mean, we, there's no ulterior motive here. I mean, I could easily go out and just get a regular job. I have a great resume. I've had a lot of experience in my life. Like I said, I'm educated. I'm, you know, I could easily go out. But the reason I do this is because I have a passion for this nation and I have a passion for truth and I have a passion for souls and a harvest. And unfortunately to me, and sometimes I just wonder, but I know you guys get it too. And that's why I love you guys in this group so much because you get it. Thank you, Jesus. I know you you feel me on this because for many years I was like, are there other people that are like me? And God has done this amazing thing in bringing this group together. And there's thousands of us around the world, thousands. And he's connected us. Only he could have done this. It's amazing what he's done in connecting this group. But, but guys, you know, these people that try to, I mean, I get these comments sometimes. People say, you're so stupid. How do you believe that? How do you not believe it? How do you, how do you not research? How do you just trust what Rachel Maddow or Anderson Cooper tells you? I mean, what level of, I mean, let's just think about the, I'm not here to brag, but guys, honestly, when I do like a, you know, a, a test, 
uh, for my intellect, I test very high, okay? And I study, and I'm again, I'm not saying that to boast. I'm saying that because I think you guys are pretty intelligent people too. And the fact of the matter is, I go to the websites, I go to the source documents. The things that we talk about are not crazy. These are real things. There is a real UN Agenda 2030. There is, uh, you know, Bilderberg Group. <laughs> there is, uh, you know, all this stuff, the Davos Group and the World Economic Forum and the Plan for the Great Reset and, and all these different things that are happening right now. But they, the people that understand this operate at a high intellect level. The people that, that, that deem it conspiracy literally want to walk around with their heads buried in the sand and pretend like all these things are fake and not happening. But where is your source? You know, where's your source, lead stories, fact checker? Where's your, I mean, where do you get, you know, it's it's unbelievable. It reminds me of the Nazi book burning. It reminds me of the Mao Zedong uh, revolution in, in China where they burn the books. I mean, this is what this is. And I think, you know, how many pastors do you know, let's just be real, are talking about this stuff? How many pastors are concerned about a communist takeover? Now, I know there are some, and I'm not here to pastor bash because, Listen, the ones that listen to this show and the ones that we're in alignment with all around the country and the world, you get it. But I know you share the frustration with me of how few people are speaking out and the fact that it's almost unbelievable that we could be seeing history repeating itself once again and it's like people didn't learn from the Nazis, they didn't learn from Mao Zedong, they didn't learn from, you know, all the different revolutions, the Bolsheviks and the different things across, you know, over the over the years in history. Because they don't study history and, and they literally are doing a digital book burning now. I mean, if I share a site from Los Angeles County about the, you know, the cells, the fetal cells in, you know, in the aborted tissue that's used in the vaccines, it's from their own website. That's digital book burning. That's what that is. And that's a communist takeover. Because what they're saying is that even though this is real information, you don't deserve to see it. So we're going to burn this book. We're gonna, and that's what they did in the in the communist China takeover of, of society in China. Okay, when when China became a communist nation, that's exactly how they did this. Is they they stopped the history. They said history. You know, let let's let's get a get rid of history. Let's burn the books. You know, this stuff is nonsense. It, you know, don't worry about what the founders wanted. Don't worry about what history says. You know, this is a revolution. It's a cultural revolution, and that's what we're experiencing now. You know. When I talk about this, people say, well, you're so doom and gloom. I don't mean to be doom and gloom. I think there's a chance that we can stop this. I think the Lord has given us this opportune moment. I'm like a voice in the wilderness. So are you. If, if enough of us get together and we say no more, we got to stop this. And, and literally, we just band together and we say, it's done. We're not listening. We're not complying. If enough people did that, this thing would be done tomorrow. Okay, if enough people pushed back against the vaccine passports, and the, the unconstitutional mandates with the jobs that people are being forced to put a chemical substance. How is this American? And how is this not against the Nuremberg Code? Of course it is. Of course it is. And we signed on to that as a country. They don't want you seeing the Nuremberg Code. Just censor it, burn it, burn it digitally, okay? Oh, oh, he's talking about that on his podcast? Take the podcast down. <laughs> you know, oh, this radical pastor, he's radical, he's a radical. Jesus was radical. Noah was radical. Paul was radical. I'm in good company, aren't I? You know, you and me, we're in good company. Okay, thank you for those that, that write and say, Todd, I agree with everything you're saying. Appreciate you. And you don't have to agree with everything I'm saying, but listen, we're having a debate. We're having a conversation that needs to be had. Let's talk about this. The Treasury today plans an emergency $1 trillion coin. Wait, what? 
A trillion dollar platinum coin could be minted at the last minute. A trillion dollar platinum coin could be minted within hours of the Treasury Secretary's decision to do so. (laughs) Why it matters. Congressional solutions to the debt ceiling problem could take weeks to implement, especially if the reconciliation process is used. And time is running out. In case of emergency, a trillion dollar coin could be deployed to bridge any gap between the money running out and the debt ceiling being raised. How this works. Well, the U.S. Mint, uh, you know, which uh, deal ran from 1994 to 2000, already produces one ounce platinum eagle and has no shortages of platinum uh, blanks already in stock. Uh, Producing a trillion dollar eagle would require the denomination to be changed. This could be quickly executed on the uh, existing plaster mold of the premium eagle, says Deal. Then an automated process would transfer the new design to a plastic resin mold. Uh, Even if Janet Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary, has no intention of minting such a coin, there is no reason for her not to quietly instruct the mint director to take those steps in a day or two in advance. (laughs) This is where we're at, ladies and gentlemen. Do you understand how insane this is? This is like, you know, a trillion dollar platinum coin is being minted, okay? So let's just think about this. One coin is a trillion dollars, not a billion, a trillion, a trillion dollar coin. Why would they need to print trillion-dollar coins? Because our country is so out of control in debt and spending and nonsense. Uh, I mean, look what the Biden regime is is doing. I mean, just printing money like it's monopoly money. And then, and then, you know, but don't sound the alarm and don't be don't be concerned about this. I mean, this doesn't look like hyperinflation could be coming at any point. This doesn't look like the the U.S. dollar could lose its global reserve status soon because we're in peril. Uh, our leadership is corrupt to the core and are in bed with the globalists who want to end the U.S. Uh, hegemony around the world. Uh, but I'm the conspiracy theorist. Uh, no concerns there from anybody about a trillion-dollar coin. Uh, yeah, everything's just going to work out fine. Mm-hmm. So, uh, listen, my advice to you guys, diversify. If you have a savings, if you're on a fixed income, don't panic. Uh, if you own your house, that's great. Uh, assets, solid assets are always a good thing. You own your cars, you own your house, you own, you have physical assets. That's great. Real money, gold and silver. You can go to remnant.news and right there on the Remnant Warrior store, there's a way to buy gold and silver. Uh, We have an affiliate program on there. That's a great way to do it. Uh, Diversify. I'm not a financial planner. I'm not a financial advisor. I'm just giving you my own opinion here. Uh, But I think that if you can be a little bit diversified, have some cash on hand. You know, well, how much, Pastor Todd? I don't know. Enough to, you know, get out of the state if you need to. Uh, you know, enough to, to to take care of your family for maybe two weeks, three weeks. I don't know. What if the banks uh, had a bank holiday or something? Or what if they only allowed you to take $60 out a day? Or, you know, we got to think of all these things because this, this is not without precedent. I mean, Greece, when they went through their financial troubles, they limited uh, the amount of money that people could take out of the ATM to $60 a day. So that's a very plausible thing that could actually happen at some point. Uh, you know, what happens if uh, six months from now, let's just say the, the world gets together and says, you know what, we're done with the U.S. dollar. We're going to we're going to take the uh, the global reserve off the U.S. dollar. We're going to put it into a basket of currencies. We're going to use the SDR and, um, you know, the special drawing right of the World World Bank. And uh, we're, we're just going to say no more to the U.S. dollar, no more petrodollar. It's done. Well, what happens to the dollar in that in that case? Well, a bunch of dollars are going to head their way back to the United States because people are going to try to cash out. 
And, um, you know, all of a sudden oil is not going to have to be traded in dollars, which, by the way, it's kind of already not. Um, but that's the petrodollar system. So, you know, let's just think here. So if that really happens, you know, what happens? I mean, do we lose 30% of our value? I talked about this yesterday. So, you know, I just say have some assets, be diversified. I just think that's wisdom. Don't panic, um, you know, but don't have all your money denominated in U.S. dollars. Um, you know, do you get foreign currency? Well, no, I don't know that's the answer because we don't know what would happen with the foreign currencies. I mean, you know, who knows? China could collapse any day. I mean, <laughs> they just had that Lehman Brothers event over there. So I don't know, you know, but I mean, do I think that's going to happen? No, because they're a communist state with a powerful military. And it seems like the world is transferring over to China including the Biden regime. It seems like they're handing over uh, U.S. supremacy over to China. I mean, if you look at uh, the statistics, I mean, China is set to overtake our economy. They're they're bolstering their military faster than just about any power that we've seen in, in recent times. Uh, there's an arms race for sure. They're, they're, they're flexing their muscles in Taiwan. Uh, you know, they have influence all around the world. They bought the U.S. studios. They bought a tremendous amount of real estate here in the United States. They bought a tremendous amount of debt in the United States. I mean, it, it, if I was... Looking from the outside, I would say, well, this this entity, China, looks like they're trying to uh, outmaneuver the United States and they're doing a pretty darn good job. And by the way, they're putting together the one belt, one road system. Uh, you know, so we have some serious problems. And the problem is uh, most people don't want to deal with them because they're just too stressful. And Pastor Todd, give us a solution. Well, I gave you some yesterday. Uh, I think that, you know, actively getting involved on the local level, you know, taking 10 people with you from your church or your family and going to the school board meetings and pushing back against critical race theory, which is Marxism. We need to do that. Uh, pushing back against the vaccine mandates and the passports. Absolutely. Uh, I've heard of companies suing and you know many, many cases that are in litigation and in courts right now uh, over the vaccine mandates uh, for their employees. I mean, they're, you know, the Biden regime uh, through an executive order and through OSHA are now saying that companies over 100 employees have to force it. So now all these people are reaching out from all over the country and they're just like, what do we do? You know, and I mean, it's like unbelievable. And I'm just going to say right now in the name of Jesus and prophesy over you that if you get terminated for standing for righteousness and not bowing down to Nebuchadnezzar, I truly believe the Lord is with you. He is your rod. He's your staff. He lays you beside still waters and you will not be touched. Your family's finances will be protected. And I'm declaring and decreeing in Jesus name right now that you will have a promotion. You'll have a better job with more finances coming in and the Lord will protect you and that you will not be touched in Jesus' name, okay? And by the way, if you took the vaccine, you took it. I mean, what you know what are you gonna do? You took it. You know, am I, am I saying that's wisdom? No, I mean, my advice is if you haven't taken it, don't. That's just my advice. I think it's a wisdom thing. I'm not, I'm not buying into every conspiracy theory out there. I'm not buying into all of it, but I think there's some very weird things with the vaccine. And if you haven't taken it, my advice as a pastor, I, I would say don't take it. But, you know, that's my advice. That's my opinion. If you took it, you took it. You know what I'm saying? You did it. I'm not against you. I'm not going to tell you you can't come to my church. I'm not going to say anything like that. I'm, I mean, I'm pray for you and I'm standing with you. And I'm believing that, you know, with you, that Lord in Jesus' name, that you would protect this person who took the vaccine and that their body would not be harmed. There would be no adverse reactions and everything would be fine and that you would protect them in the name of Jesus. So that, that's where I'm at, guys. Now, you know, people are asking me some questions right now. They want to know, is President Trump going to be reinstated? So let me just let me just talk about, about this for the next couple minutes because I get the question almost every day. People want to know, is, is there any chance President Trump's going to be reinstated? Well, now you guys know 
I've spent time with uh, some of the key players in this movement, you know, in the in the Q movement. I know a lot of these people. Uh, the mainstream media, you know, they like to report on me if I say anything about this because it's groundbreaking that a pastor from the MAGA movement, by the way, uh, would be speaking about Q. Oh, my goodness. Let's hear what he has to say. The bottom line is this, guys. OK, no one knows if President Trump is going to ever be reinstated. No one knows if he's going to be president again. Now, here's the thing. We have a fivefold ministry gifting in the body of Christ called the prophetic. There are credible prophets, people that I know, people that you know, that feel that the Lord spoke to them and gave them a word that President Trump would have two terms. So people say, well, do you trust the prophets? Yes, I do trust the prophets because I believe in the gift of prophecy. Now, does that mean that every prophet out there is legit? No. Does that mean that everything they say is from the Lord? No. And I think a lot of people have been hurt by this. Okay. And, and by the way, to the young lady that I talked to yesterday, I'm still going to cover what we talked about too. So stay tuned, please. Um, it might be a little bit longer show today because I got a lot to talk about. Uh, but yeah, President Trump, I mean, he, yes, he could come back. And yes, you know, we're fighting hard for election integrity. We're, we fought in Arizona. We fought all around the country. Uh, there are many things that are still in play, but I'm not trying to give you hopium either. Okay. And what I mean by hopium is, is that there comes a point where we just have to say, look, if that's the Lord's plan, I'm all for it. I would love it. I would be so excited if this election got overturned, okay? I'd be so excited if there's some smoking gun information that comes out that, you know, like Mike Lindell says, it's going to be nine and nine and zero, and the Supreme Court just sees it and is like, oh my gosh, the election was stolen. We know that China was involved, a foreign adversary. Uh, you know, the Space Force got it all. We got all the information, and uh, we're going we're gonna to have the military take control for a season in, until we get a real president here because we know that our election was hacked. I, there would not be a happier person than Pastor Todd Coconut if that happened. Let me tell you. Okay? And I, I, I'm, I'm honest with you. Yes, I would love for that to happen. Could it happen? Sure. Could there be some plan that I don't know about? Absolutely. Of course there could. Because I don't have uh, the type of security clearance. You don't have that security clearance either. None of us do. Not the podcaster that's saying uh, devolution is happening. Not the people that are reporting every day that Trump is in control. None of those people have the security clearance that it would take to know if that's really the case. So they're all operating on a theory and a whim. So what is our job as the body of Christ? How do we look at this? Well, we have to look at this and say, yes, there's an attempted communist takeover that's happening right now in our nation and world. Tyranny is here. The spirit of Antichrist is here. Uh, you know, they're coming uh, against Christians more and more. So we see that persecution is rising, even in the West. You know, our, our sister countries like Australia and Canada have gone absolutely ballistic. They're now putting pastors in jail and keeping people locked down in their homes for long amounts of time, telling them they can't even go outside uh, except for, for a few minutes to exercise. This is the world that we're in. So I have to look at all this as a shepherd, as a pastor. We all we all have to look at this as a Christian community and say, okay, Look at everything here. It's overwhelming. We know it's a battle of light versus darkness. Um, you know, there's a lot of people saying all these different theories, but let's just look at this from a spiritual standpoint. Okay, do I trust the prophets? Yes, if they're real and if what they said was from the Lord. And do I believe Trump could have a second term? Yes, I do believe that, but I'm not putting my whole faith on that. And I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not going to be moved if that doesn't happen as far as my walk with Jesus. The only thing I can tell you for certain is Jesus is coming back. He's coming back for a church without spot nor wrinkle. That's for certain. Is Trump coming back for certain? I don't have that information. Okay, and I would be lying to you if I told you I did. Now, I've been around people that are close to President Trump. 
I've seen them even encourage the Q narrative. I have to be honest. People that are friends with President Trump that are in the circle, it almost seems like they encourage it. I mean, in, in the things that they say, they know the key words. They know what the people are talking about. You think they don't know? And yet they say certain things that kind of egg it on. So then you think you sit there and you scratch your head. And you think, well, gosh, even President Trump sounds like he's 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 alluding to this fact, right? I mean, he's talked a lot about the election being stolen and you know, there's some weird pictures that we've seen where like President Trump, after he was president, was talking to military personnel. What was that about? You know, from Mar-a-Lago, uh, you know, Dan Scavino puts out a lot of stuff that could be interpreted as as coded and cryptic, you know. And so there, I get all the different sides here, but I have to stay balanced. And I think we have to look at this from a real sober mind as watchmen on the wall and say there could be a real chance here that President Trump does get back in. But there also could be a chance that he doesn't. And then how do we respond in that scenario? Scenario. How do we respond if if we really are uh, going really fast towards this uh, communist revolution in America and, you know, there's not enough people sounding an alarm and no one's really stepping up to fight it, you know, from a revolution standpoint. I mean, I don't see people in the streets, you know, fighting back like they did, you know, in the, in the revolution here in the United States against Great Britain. That's not happening. You know, I think people maybe attempted to kind of do that, uh, but I don't really think so. Uh, I think that the January 6th incident was more of a false flag and people were peaceful. I've watched the videos. It, it didn't seem like they had an intention to go in there and take over the Congress. And I think that if you get a bunch of Second Amendment and ex-military personnel and law enforcement people and they really wanted to go in the Capitol and take it over and have an insurrection, you better believe they wouldn't have they wouldn't have failed. <laughs> OK, they wouldn't have failed. You, you would have heard a lot of different different stories that day than what you heard. Uh, that was a staged event where they tried to make it look a certain way, like, oh, my gosh, MAGA people are terrorists, and oh, my gosh, but no, that wasn't what really happened, okay? So the people have been pretty calm and pretty collective, despite the fact that there's this uh, rogue regime that's come in, and you know they've tried to label people terrorists and domestic terrorists for even questioning the election or questioning COVID, as you probably do as well. I just wonder how long people's patience is going to hold before they finally say enough is enough. And what I'm hoping for is not that we have a shooting war, and I'm definitely not advising you to go out and get violent. Although, of course, we have to talk about the possibility that this could come to this, you know. I mean, uh, Jeffrey Prather, who was a guest on my show, a former uh, DIA and intelligence officer, he, he feels that it could go kinetic at some point. So it could. I mean, let's just be real. It could. But I'm not, I'm not praying for that. I'm not hoping that. And I'm definitely not encouraging that. What I'm saying is I do think we have something that we could do. And of course, you know, we're praying, we're fasting, you know, we're believing that the Lord is moving on our behalf. We're doing some powerful things in the spirit and supernatural. And that's where the battle needs to be fought. Uh, but I also think in the natural, we can just say no more. And if, if enough of us banded together and said, no, yeah, we're not going to wear the mask. No, we're not going to take the vaccine. And it was in the tune of like millions and millions of Americans, which, by the way, there's millions and millions of Americans who feel the way that you and I do. If we just banded together and plus we could create this alternative ecosystem that I've been talking about where we just start finding companies that are patriot companies and that just say no. You know, we, we go to, you know, we find the governors that are willing to stand like DeSantis and Chrissy Nome and some others, you know, and 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 just, and, you know, we we. I mean, obviously, there's been a major, you know, migration and influx into these states where they're, you know, free states like Florida. I mean, Florida has seen just a huge boom. And, uh, you know, even, you know, Christy Nome State and, you know, I mean, many, many states around the country. I mean, you got so many people from California that have moved to Arizona. You got so many people that have moved to Texas. You got so many people that have moved to Iowa, uh, you know, Idaho. I mean, you name it, you know, um, all these, you know, I mean, Tennessee, 
all around the country, people are moving to red states and they're doing that because they're looking for freedom and they're looking for a better life for their family and, you know, less taxes and less draconian measures and, and tyranny, you know, and all the different things that we've seen out of Newsom and, you know, Cuomo and, you know, all these ridiculous Whitmer, these tyrants. Um, so we got, you know, that's when I say stand, like that's, that's part of standing. Like we need to stand, you know, like standing means resisting. Standing means saying no. And yeah, there's a cost to it. I mean, look at Martin Luther King Jr. The guy had to pay a high cost. Uh, look at the Apostle Paul. He paid a high cost. I think that's another thing that we don't really talk about in the Christian world is there's a cost. See, none of us really want to pay the cost. I don't want to pay the cost. Do you want to pay the cost? But, you know, there is a cost. And, you know, when I get censored and when I get targeted by, you know, the deep state people or the fake news media or, you know, groups that hate me, you know, that's a cost. You know, the warfare, the spiritual warfare, that's a cost. But, you know, again, you're you're going through things like that. Warfare, you know, family members. Maybe you're outspoken. Maybe you have a bigger following than me and you're out there saying a bunch of things and people are coming after you left and right. You get it, okay? I'm definitely not the biggest kid on the block here, that's for sure. And by no means do I think I'm cool or special. I'm just trying to be a voice in the wilderness, just trying to speak the truth, just trying to do what God's called me to do. I hope you guys see my heart. And I'm not angry uh, but I but I do wake up every day and and think, my gosh, how is it that more and more people aren't aren't speaking out? How is it that more and more pastors aren't speaking out? How is it that more and more people don't have an urgency in their spirit? How is it that people don't see that that history is repeating itself? How is it that people are accepting these mandates, these draconian mandates? How is it that more Americans are not standing up and saying no? And it just I think it boggles my mind just as much as it probably boggles your mind. Because, you know, the people that listen to this show are remnant warriors and you get it. So, I don't, I mean, you know, we're preaching to the choir, but there are new people that listen all the time. And thank you for listening to the show and thank you for letting me, you know, kind of rant today. Uh, but, you know, I just, I, sometimes I just wonder and I have to ask myself, what, what is the, the point of, you know, no return? I mean, you know, it, there's a lot of people that still believe Trump is coming back and, and that the military is in control. And I just, I, my concern for that whole group is like, what if that doesn't happen? Like, I just hope that you still hold fast to your faith in Jesus and understand that the Lord is ultimately in control and that he's ordering our steps. And I also believe there's there's something that he wants of us. You know, I mean, we look at the biblical reference of Nineveh, you know, where the people had to repent. You know, we look at Sodom and Gomorrah. We look at historic references with the children of Israel and when they were allowed to go into captivity. And so I'm just taking in all these things into account and looking at this from like a macro standpoint and saying like, why would the Lord just like let us sit back and do nothing and deliver us into, you know, freedom again and, and having our constitution protected and having the sanctity of life protected and all these things that the church should be doing as the head and not the tail. We should be out there, you know, vehemently standing for life. We should be out there vehemently pushing back against the tyranny and the nonsense and not not claiming Romans 13 and just retracting into nothingness. No. Uh, I really believe we need to be on the forefront. We need to be taking the lead on this. And I do think the Lord responds to the prayers of the righteous. And I do think that when we pray, the Lord responds, uh, you know, intercede and, and fast and, and repent. But there are things that I think we need to do. I think if the entire church in America, you know, were to get together and say, hey, you know what? We need to repent. We've gotten off course. And let's call upon the name of the Lord and let's let's uh, signify that, you know, October 8th is going to be, you know, National Day of Repentance. You know, why don't we have a national day of repentance? Could you imagine what would happen if we had a national day of repentance? I'm not just talking national day of prayer. 
I'm talking a national day of repentance. If we have the national day of repentance, I think this thing will turn around. If we as the church and the body of Christ stand up and say, you know what, we're not going to tolerate the murder of the innocents anymore. The Bible says even the rocks cry out. If we if we say no more, like I think there needs to be more action. That's my solution. I think there needs to be more action on our side. I think what we can't just be saying things and we can't just be like kind of sitting back. Like we need to be occupying until he comes. We need to be, you know, the violent take it by force. Like we need to be taking back the territory, you know, and calling upon the name of the Lord. Those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You know, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Lay hands on the sick and they'll be healed. Do not forsake the assembling together of the brethren. All these principles that the word of God talks about, holding, standing, you know, contending, interceding, praying, I think we could turn this around, but I'm just, I'm just not seeing enough of it, friends, and I, I wonder if you agree with me. Like, I still don't think we're there yet, and I think that's why the Lord's continuing to let this go on. I think we can get to a point where the breakthrough comes, and we're in this breakthrough fast, and this is kind of the revelation the Lord's showing me. is like, look, I want to move, Todd. I want to move. He's saying, I want to move. I really believe he wants to move. He wants to move. He wants to save America. He wants to save this world from tyranny. He doesn't want us to go into a thousand years of darkness. He doesn't want us to go into oppression and communism. Communism is an antichrist spirit. He doesn't want us to go into that. The Lord wants to see us free, but the church has to respond and react and be proactive and understand that we've got to stand for the entirety of the word of God. And if more people were talking about repentance, you know, the blood-bought church and, you know, the, the blood of Jesus, the cross of Calvary, the full gospel, standing, repenting, calling upon the name of the Lord, I really think we're going to see a turnaround. And I think we're at a point where we might get to that place here pretty soon. Again, I was encouraged when I was at the return down in D.C. and thousands and thousands of Christians were repenting on the lawn, blowing the shofar, calling upon the name of the Lord. I think that was a, a historic day. And I thank uh, Kevin Jessup for putting that together and, uh, you know, Rabbi uh, Jonathan Kahn and many others that were involved. But, you know, that was, a, that was a good day. And that was the right that was the right thing to do. And that's what we need to do is the right thing to do, you know. And so, you know, the other problem is a lot of us just feel defeated. We can't feel defeated. We've got to get up. Like, this is our time. This is the moment we've been called for. We can't just sit down and retract and give up and give in. That's not, no, I have a lot of fight left in me. You better believe I'm I'm re- I'm raring to go. Like I have a lot of energy. I get up every day with a purpose. And that's why what we do at the Religious Liberty Coalition at Todd Coconado Ministries at remnant.news every day we're so busy because we're doing the work of the Lord. And I know you're doing the work of the Lord. Many of you've got visions and and dreams. Some of you are helping support this ministry. You're doing the work of the Lord. I'm telling you. Because we're able let yesterday I worked till 8:30. I did go to a to a movie premiere uh, in between the time there uh, with my friend uh, Ming Wang out here in Nashville. So I, I I have to put that in there. I didn't work straight till eight thirty, but almost every night I you know I, I come in from you know working at about eight o'clock. I mean you know look it's it's ridiculous. And in the weekends I work a lot of times too, of course. So you know we we try to get rest when we can. Obviously I do believe in a day of rest. I do believe in the Sabbath. Uh, I do take the Sabbath by the way. Uh, but, you know, for the most part, though, every other day we're working late hours. I'm not saying that to brag, but it's just because we have so much to do. <laughs> you know, there's so many people that need help. When I get off the broadcast today, I'm going to start answering like a thousand emails, you know, and trying to get back to people because many of you have reached out and I apologize. It's taken me so long to get back to you. But, you know, we're busy. You're busy. We're actionable. And I believe that because of that, we're going to win. Now, you know, I just 
I see a lot of people in the movement that are you know making a lot of money doing a lot of different things. I just I would encourage everybody to stay on mission. And there's nothing wrong with making money, but don't do it at the cost of this movement or at the cost of freedom or at the cost of, you know, capitulating or, or you know, that's not it. We're not we're not grifters. We're not here to sell some false narrative. We're standing for truth. We're standing for righteousness. We're standing for the very heart and soul of this nation. We're standing for the Constitution. And most of all, we're standing for the word of God and freedom of religion and that we can speak freely and get people saved and set free and healed and delivered every single day. And if we just did that and we're getting people delivered and baptized on the streets of America all around the country and we got out of our houses, we organized in groups all around the country, we pushed back. I mean, I'm seeing these groups and these companies that are getting lawyered up and, you know, hundreds of employees banding together to fight the, ma- the mandate. Good. That's what we need to do. Like, this is the kind of stuff. It takes organization. It takes us standing up, getting in those school boards' faces, pushing back against this tyranny. It's ridiculous. How have we let it go on this long? I don't even know. How have we let it go on this long? So, listen, I'm going to go back to what I said about that woman that wanted me to talk about some things. So, she said, and I didn't see this on my post, but I believe her. I don't think she's a liar. She said that many of you were concerned with regard to pastors that have abused people over the years. And I will tell you, I'm going to speak on this for a couple minutes, okay? Now, first of all, I can't undo what other people have done. I know many people are unchurched because they've been hurt in the church. I've been hurt in the church. Um, I probably should do a whole show on this because I think there's a lot of there there and there's a lot of stuff for us to talk about. But, you know, what the Lord showed me many years ago when I worked at a mega church and I saw some stuff that I really didn't, you know, I was like, wow, you know, what's going on here? Um, the Lord showed me, he said, this is between you and I. He said, this is a relationship that's a personal relationship between you and I. And so he said, um, you know, always, always remember that man will fall. Always remember that man will let you down. Uh, but if you rely on me and you just simply, uh, you know, Serve me, have a personal relationship with me, spend time in the secret place with me every single day, getting recharged, refreshed, renewed, have a two-way conversation, hear from me, my sheep hear my voice, you're going to be okay, you'll be able to sustain for the long term. And that's how I have, and that's how I've maintained being on fire for the long term, is because I just don't look at what other people are doing. Now, do I have some great people in my life that are mentors and, and amazing people? Yeah. And, and thank God they've sustained and they've been good people and praise God for that. But there are some people that have let me down over the years, but I just, I'm not, you know, that doesn't affect my faith because, you know what, I say, well, they're human, they fell, and I got to pray for them, and I'm here for them if they need me. Um, definitely, you know, don't want to just, like, shun them. I mean, you know, we forgive people, and there is a restoration process that's available to Christians that have fallen. But the thing is, is, like, you know, stop, like, we can't worry about what the church does. There's going to be many people that are probably exposed in this next season. There's going to be people that it's going to shock you some of the stuff that's come out. I mean, look at Rabbi Zacharias and, you know, some of the stuff that's already come out with Hillsong and, and, you know, some of these different things. But you know what? That doesn't, that doesn't phase me. The enemy is looking to accuse the church. The enemy is always looking. So you better believe that HBO documentary about that remnant church. Apparently, I don't really know much about it, but you know, guess who's involved in that? Christy Teigen, like the same woman that I think has done sex trafficking herself or something involved with like pedophilia or something very grotesque and sick that she's been involved in, okay, and that now she's trying to expose a church, mm, that's a little suspect to me. I think the devil wants to make churches look, you know, like we're all doing some horrible stuff, and that way people will just stay out of the church and then, you know, subsequently stay out of the truth. So we got to separate man from a relationship with God, and if we do that, we'll be set up for success. I repent to you right now 
on behalf of any pastor that's hurt you. I'm sorry if you've been hurt in the church. It's awful. It's the worst thing to go through. I hate it. I hate that pastors have fallen in the past and done things they shouldn't have done. I mean, I can think of some that I knew pretty well. But you know what? They're man. They're human. They fall. Sometimes they succumb to their flesh. God does forgive. Sometimes people don't. If you repent and you go back, you know, the Lord will forgive you for the most part as long as you didn't blaspheme the Holy Spirit. But, you know, the thing is, is man might not always forgive you. And you might lose your ministry and there's repercussions for sin because the wages of sin are death. So, you know, we got to think about that. If we do something stupid, uh, you know, man might not forgive us. We may lose our ministry. We may lose, uh, you know, the ability to have uh, the title pastor or, or minister, or evangelist or whatever, you know, calling you have uh, because people are not going to trust you anymore. But that doesn't mean that you, you know, you ultimately are going to hell, but you, you may, there may be some significant cost for that fall. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm so sorry that pastors have hurt you. And I know pastors have said things that, you know, were untrue at times. And I know there's been uh, manipulation in the prophetic movement. I get it, guys. I've lived through it too. But we've got to separate the fake from the real, the wheat from the chaff. And we got to remember there are legitimate, authentic people out there that do really love the Lord, that are really serving him wholeheartedly. And those those are going to be the people that are they don't you know we we align with those are going to be the people that we 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 fellowship with because what 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 place does light have with darkness right so thank God for the real people no one's perfect if you've been hurt in the church I pray that you would be able to release that today and remember that there is a real ecclesia a real body of Christ there's a real remnant community I believe this is that community at least one of these communities around the world there's many. Uh, but authentic believers that hunger and thirst for righteousness, that truly want to serve the Lord, that truly want to see something happen in our nation, that want to see a great harvest, a great awakening. So I would just encourage you, if you have been hurt, let me pray for you right now. And again, I repent on behalf of those pastors. And I, I realize that they have done wrong things. And I am so sorry that you had to go through that. But don't let that separate you because the Bible says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall persecution, shall, shall famine, shall nakedness, shall peril or sword? Nothing, nothing shall separate us from the love of Jesus Christ, including when a pastor or a man falls. Okay, that doesn't separate us from the love of Christ. It, it may be used as an assignment of hell to get us discouraged. It may be used as an assignment of the enemy uh, to try to get us to stop believing in the Bible or the church or the, or the word of God or the Lord. But no, just, just cast that down. It's a lie from the pit of hell. Yes, there's people that fall because we're in a fallen world. Yes, sin is real. Yes, people succumb to sin. But remember, this is between you and Jesus Christ. And one day we're all gonna stand before the throne and he's gonna look at us and say, well done, good and faithful servant. And that's my goal in life, in the afterlife, is to stand before the Lord and have him say, well done, good and faithful servant. You persevered, you ended well, you finished well. Thank you, Jesus. And that's what I'm looking forward to, friends. So hopefully that helps you. Um, what a what a great show today. You know, as much as there's negative things going on in our world, there's we've been able to identify solutions and things that we can actually do. And now that we understand the whole, you know, situation and we, we know it's a battle of light versus darkness and the Lord is moving and he's, you know, he's responding to our prayers and it's in his timing and not our time. And we don't grow weary in doing good. We stand on his promise, which is yes and amen, hope in a future. You know, we remember all these things each and every day and we, rest we recharge and we strengthen our faith. We die to our flesh daily. 
and we go into the secret place and we recharge and we strengthen and then we go back out and we're on fire for Jesus no matter what's going on in this crazy world. We are on fire for Jesus because we know that he's real. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the alpha and the omega. We love him and he loves us and he's with us. And that's why I don't give up and that's why I don't surrender and that's why I don't let these discouraging things because if you look at the headlines, you think, oh my gosh, the world is crazy. It is. It's crazy. The world is crazy. It's gone crazy. But thank God we can stand on the promise of God for our life. And he is more than enough. He's more than enough, friends. So thank you so much for tuning into the show. I'm going to get back to a bunch of emails for the rest of the day here. Spend some time with the Lord. I might do a live in a little bit as well. But I love you guys. Uh, pray that I, this appeal goes through in Facebook and that they don't uh, suspend me for these seven days because that'll be another strike on my account. And uh, I really believe the Lord still wants me to use Facebook to minister to many people that are on there that aren't saved. Uh, it's a huge ministry tool. That's what we use it for. I, you know, if, it, if, if it's taken away, it's taken away. And then we use these alternative methods that, thank God, we've been able to build through the prayers of this community and the financial support, by the way. If you're able to financially support this ministry, you go to toddcoconow.com, toddcoconow.com slash give. And that's how we sustain. We're fully listener supported. We're out here fighting, standing. We love you. I appreciate you. If you need something from me, email me, todd.coconado at rlcus.org. And I will be happy to get back to you as soon as I can. And let's talk. And let me see how I can be a blessing to you as well. I'm here if you need a pastor to talk to. I love you. I mean that sincerely. We will set up a time. It may be in a couple of days but we'll find a time for us to connect. And uh, if I haven't got back to you, please forgive me and please uh, hit me again because sometimes emails get lost in spam or things like that. But I would love to uh, communicate with you if I haven't responded. Please, please, please write me again. Love you guys. Thank you for tuning in. I'll be back tomorrow. God bless.